0: And 365 day returns.
3: The late lunch
4: with Blackstone Motors annual sales event now on. One off price reductions and special APR finance available during this event. Call in today and save thousands at Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dundalk.
5: You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I hope you have a boat in the back garden, because the way it's going, we're going to need them. Noah will be back. We'll be running the animal top two by two. Our children, everything else besides, woe ye! it's the end of the world. Seriously, I was over the fields with the dog yesterday, and I think in all my time living where I'm living, I have never seen anything like the water on the land, and it's deluging down out there, deluging even, down out there as I speak. Where's it going to end? Listen, don't worry, folks, we won't create a panic about it, because I know, and you know, and I've told you over the years, what happens is, you get the same rainfall over 12 months, so it might be wet now, we might need the boats, but don't worry, there will come a dry time, and everything will even out fine. Although global warming, uh, people will tell you differently, perhaps. Anyway, welcome to the show this afternoon, great to have you with us. We were hoping to start with... Joy unabound on late lunch today With the back in the Premier League And Dundalk having made history And won the treble with the cup Uh -uh, uh -uh, On both fronts But still we better do a little reflection Will we to start late lunch today I don't know where he is at the minute But he's been everywhere all weekend Has he got his voice back How is he feeling Our man Adrian Taft should be on the line Hello Adrian
0: Is there not enough misery in the rain for you And the weather (laughs) Jerry without talking about football (laughs) On Monday morning (laughs)
5: Well, it's afternoon. I know you're a little bit out of sync. But anyway, there you are. Listen, you're with us now. Thank you for joining us. I just wanted to have a little chat about the weekend gone by. Started Friday night, was listening to Ian Bally Buffet. Uh, it was just a bridge too far, was it, for Drogheda? Uh
0: Yeah, they came up against a team with um, with a definite game plan across both legs. And the game plan was to bombard Drogheda, as much as they possibly could with uh, long balls and throw ins into the box. That was their main tactic, Ollie Horgan's tactic. And he, Ollie Horgan probably fancied his chances that across 188, 180 minutes of football, plus extra time as it turned out, uh, that, uh, that that would bear fruit at some point, you know, and that he'd get a couple of goals across the the two matches. And uh, he was proven right at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Uh, the two goals that Drogheda conceded on Friday evening. They're the exact two goals I suspect that Tim Clancy and Kevin Doherty were warning the players about before the game they were you know came from set pieces both of them and uh, particularly the second one was uh, very disappointing I'd say now when draw the the defence looks back at that as I'm sure they have or well maybe they won't <laughs> they're finished for the season mm-hmm. now but when they come back next season they'll be very disappointed to have lost the potential of a place in the Premier Division to that goal I think you know. I
5: think we felt I was with you on the Monday night that one was probably not enough you know a second goal on the Monday the first leg would have certainly put the pressure on Harps but look Harps they played the game they narrowed the pitch the night suited them it bucketed it was a brutal all night there and a heavy pitch you know it was their way wasn't it it went their way on the night the final night Friday.
0: That's just it the pitch was dreadful it probably suited their tactics more than Drogheda's now that said Drahada they started poorly they let um, Finn Harps dictate the first half and you know it was a procession of dead balls and set pieces and throw-ins into the Drogheda penalty area and, uh, well, they conceded a goal after just seven minutes, which was a, a, which probably sent them rocking a little bit, I should imagine. But they managed to gather their thoughts and get themselves together in the second half. And draw. they did really well in the second half, and an extra time, And some to some extent, without really creating much. The pitch didn't really allow it, to be honest with mm. you. Um, it wasn't really suited to a young team that wanted to play football. And, you know, passes were over hit and under hit. And a few half chances. Mark Doyle maybe had a half of a head or ch- headed chance and a couple of other bits and pieces. But uh, mm. it wasn't and a night for, for good football and for the sort of team that Drogheda are and as a result they just kind of fell short. You know, In a way Adrian
5: and, and I know fans won't like you saying this, um, the year, look everyone wants to play at the highest level and they want it up for sure but considering where the club was 12 months ago, the mess it was in, the financial crisis they were facing, the shop all over the place, that's the reality of what Drogheda United was. And the work that's been done by Conor High and his team since, in stabilising, paying off debts, meeting their commitments all season, re-establishing good vibes with the underage football people, including Drogheda Boys, and especially Drogheda Boys, and with business. Another year... You know know what I'm saying? And maybe fans will say, what are you talking about? But you know what I'm saying? Will there be better position? It's not the end of the world.
0: No, certainly not. And look... Maybe another year wouldn't be any harm. Maybe there will be a little bit more stability and Connor and the new team in the club can put down foundations and a platform to go into the Premier Division and, and you know, and really give themselves a chance of surviving and yeah. sustaining the the club in that at that level of the game. Um, you know, it will take a bit of time. The, the The fear is that you might well lose a couple of the players who are so influential yes. this season now. You know, the likes of Luke McNally, there's got to be covetous eyes looking at him. Well, he's going to go back to St. Pats, you'd imagine. He's been outstanding. He was even outstanding again the other night, like at centre-back against the team, throwing balls into the penalty area. And uh, Conor Kane at left full-back would be another know, one you'd be concerned about. And maybe Mark Doyle as well, you know. Um, Chris Lyons of course has signed a new contract so that's a that's a relief to everyone involved but um they, they do need to strengthen to have a go at it again next season and they would have needed to strengthen a lot more to have a go at it possibly in the Premier Division yes. but um, but I think I, I think there's a, a lot of merit in what you say I think maybe another season in the division if Tim Clancy and Kevin Doherty and they have signed another two year deal if Drada can hold on to them and uh, they can maybe pick up a bit of experience for the team you know Sean mm. Brennan's getting a little bit older you know he came off last uh, on Friday night you know I think it was in normal time but um it's a you know they need another couple of Sean Brennan to the team for a bit of experience and a bit of size I think as well you mm. know?
5: and win it and no playoffs
0: yeah. I think that has to
5: be the aim win it exactly. and go up yeah. straight yeah. now on to Dundalk yesterday and uh, the cup final going to extra time again you were in overtime once more extra time Friday night extra time last night and penalties as well there's an awful sense of doom and gloom in Dundalk today they've only won the league again qualified for the Champions League won the League Cup almost won the treble. What is there to be disappointed about?
0: I know, and they have this Unite the Union trophy to play for against Linfield, which is a lucrative one as well, you know, and and could well become a fixture, you'd hope, in the league as well. Yeah, what have they to complain about? That's one way. But look, there was a treble that was there to be completed. It hasn't been done since Derry did it in 1989 under Jim McLaughlin. I think they probably left it behind them last season, could have done it last season. They lost over in Cove in the League Cup in a game they should have won. It was a scrappy game and... They, they allowed the game to get away from them that occasion so i think they saw it this year as a chance to make amends for that and to, and really write their names into the history books this team and a lot of these players who've served the club so well over the last you know five to seven years and um it, it got away from them once again i think the nature of it as well a little bit will probably disappoint on doc they didn't play very well particularly in the first half they never really got going uh, as a team and um like they've beaten Shamrock Rovers three times in the league and drawn the other one uh, this season they probably felt that you know they they probably know they're a better side than Shamrock Rovers and probably disappointing not to have given the best of themselves uh, Dundalk yesterday but they were missing Chris Shields which was an, an abomination of a of an error by someone somewhere an yeah, um, no awful
5: loss Adrian an yeah. awful loss yeah. and what a cock-up that was
0: I know, and you can't underestimate just how big a loss that was because it was in the middle of the field where Shamrock Rovers are at their strongest. They've a wealth of talent in the middle of the field. And uh, and they made that, well, certainly they made it count in terms of the balance of the play during the game. You know, did they create any more chances than Dundalk across the, the whole uh, encounter? I'm not sure that they did. Uh, Dundalk had a few chances themselves, you know. but um, But to lose... Chris Shields like that. Also, you have to factor it as well. It's effectively four games since they had a competitive match. That Shamrock Rovers game in September was the last time they played a game. I think that was September 22nd or somewhere around there. It's a long time since they played a competitive game. The four games since then have seen reshuffles in the side. Mm. And, uh, you know, so that loses a bit of momentum uh, as regards, you know, how a team plays. So that probably was a factor as well. Mm -hmm. But you know when you when you go behind on 90 minutes and then you equalise with a goal of that quality on uh, 90 plus 3 as it was from Michael Duffy um, I think it just it makes it a little bit more bitter as well when you're losing penalties at the end you know we have to congratulate one
5: man here in LMFM today Mr Chris Murray he's uh, spent mm-hmm. years getting it in the neck from Dundalk fans and today was his day in the sun and he's a very happy camper
0: as you can imagine I'm happy to say I haven't seen him <laughs> Uh and I intend to you invite will. him for another week or two. <laughs> 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 yes,
5: indeed, he's a Super Hoops fan. And, you know, after 30-odd yeah. years, while well, Rovers winning it again, I suppose people would say it was long overdue and it'll give them a shot in the arm. And I suppose for the dog fans, they don't mind, they just keep winning and going the merry way. But in the overall context yeah. of a contest of a league, you need a few more clubs in the mix next season. And perhaps this may be or may not be. dog will just march on.
0: It might well be. Like, Shamrock Rovers will be looking at this as the platform for them to uh, build on for next season. But it's worth bearing in mind that uh, Jack Byrne is a, Like, I, I'm talking about Conor Kane and people like that, and the draw of the team being looked at. Jack Bourne is being watched by teams in England. Will he stay on? Will he move now in the... What's the winter break in the Irish season? Will he move across the water? Um, Graham Burke is another player. He's on loan. There's two players mm. that are instrumental to what Shamrock Rovers do, and they could lose both of them. Now, uh, Paul Lennon or uh, suggested me yesterday that Jack Byrne might stay on a little bit longer. We'll see. Mm. He's enjoying it uh, with uh, Shamrock Rovers at the moment. But look, at if the right offer comes in from Byrne, and there's bound to be clubs looking at him, that's going to make a big difference. To uh, Shamrock Rovers and their chances of closing the gap on Dundalk, because there is a gap between Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk. We maybe didn't see it yesterday, but they finished 11 points behind Dundalk in the league. And that was with Dundalk pulling up at the end. The last four games, as I said, were effectively friendlies, and they lost two of them that they probably wouldn't have lost, uh, but for the, I think there were yes. 17 points between the teams mm. when Dundalk beat them uh, to win the league. So that's the gulf that Shamrock Rovers have to traverse. And, uh, you know, if they lose a player or two, that means they have to get two players in on top of what they already need.
5: Mm. Oh, right. listen, uh, the uh, conundrums and the, the permutations, etc., for next year are intriguing already. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us and bringing us the uh, major commentaries here on LMFM Radio over the weekend. Thanks a million thanks very much Gerry that's Adrian Taft there our man uh, f- from the major soccer games over the weekend and I was just thinking today besides our local clubs what a weekend in sport and I notice people don't like sport and I accept that There's loads of people don't life was going on everywhere else yesterday I was somewhere else myself and you'd want to see the people enjoying other aspects of life that are not to do with sport at all and I apologise if you're not a sports person but we've lots coming on late lunch that'll uh, entertain you I promise you this afternoon but I was just thinking about sport Liverpool and Manchester. City last minute winners in the Premier League Uh, what about the Chariot swinging low now for certain for England the wheels came off against South Africa they had it won you see that's what happens with English teams when they reach finals or semi-finals they win it two weeks before the game is played they had the rugby won when they bet the All Blacks Oh, will they ever learn in Great Britannia that you have to win the final itself? Rory McElroy wins the World Golf the weekend. And I think about two other golfers, Paul Dunn and Gavin Moinin. Paul Dunn remember him leading the open, and Gavin they have to go to school. Yes, back to school, Q school to earn their tour cards again. The opposite spectrum, the opposite ends of the spectrum in sport. Lewis Hamilton, the sixth world title in Formula One history. What about Katie Taylor? Yes, yes, our Katie winning again at another weight division. Unbelievable. And then that hockey match. I watched it last night, the women's hockey team. It was edge-of-the-seat stuff. There were three one down, in case you don't know, in a penalty shootout to go to the Olympics, and they won 4-3 in sudden death. And I want to mention one lady... Aisha McFerrin, the goalkeeper, she's some bit of stuff, I'll tell you that. She's a brilliant goalkeeper and she pulled out all the stops again last night. But congratulations to the Irish women's hockey team. What a weekend in sport, whether you win, lose or draw. It's the taking part. No, you love to win. I know that people love to win, but there's only one winner at the end of the day. But congratulations and commiserations to all. He's coming to Ireland. He headlined Glastonbury the year before last. It was sensational. It's Lionel Richie. He's at St Anne's Park on the 6th of June next year. I'll be there. Here he is. Just had word that the Killeen Road is flooded at the entrance to Dunsany Castle. It's totally impassable there. Please be careful. If you have any weather or motoring updates in the present circumstances, keep them coming to us. 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text, or 185715958 if you'd like to call in. Jerry, I don't look at rugby, says Marie, but I was screaming for South Africa. You know yourself, if England had won, we'd be hearing about it for the next fifty years. You are so right, Marie. Now, let me tell you that one of Ireland's oldest third-level students graduated on Friday from Waterford Institute of Technology with an Honours Arts degree in Irish and English. Tom Boyle, he's 82 years young, lives in Wexford, but he has significant mead connections. A little earlier today, I spoke with Tom and began by asking him how did he find the lecture theatres and returning to school?
1: I I, I found it easy because the younger people were absolutely marvelous to me you think I was one of them the way they accepted me and as for the lecturers well I declare to me God you couldn't get better they, they, they seemed to appreciate the fact that I had made the effort you know and and, and by God I tell you something the work now uh, wasn't easy let's be honest you know when you're set down to do various assignments and to be in by a certain time and under certain circumstances. It's not easy. Oh, but I tell you something, Jerry. If I can do what anyone can do, not alone the
5: work, but you had to be up early every morning and catch no, I was it. up at ten past six every morning.
1: Get an old shower and a shave, and get a bit of breakfast. And I don't know if there's rural transport in Naven, but I can tell you down here it's absolutely marvellous.
5: Oh, yes, we have it.
1: Well, that system that was brought in, that rural transport system, is marvellous and should be respected because. They do a great job. They brought me over every morning on the ferry from Ballyhack over to Passage East and then into Waterford, left me at the gates of the, of the college and collected me again at five o'clock in the evening. What a service. Couldn't beat it. No, oh, they'd be picking up along the way, uh, both ways, like, and dropping off the way back, you know. Marvellous, absolutely marvellous.
5: And the other thing to mention is that the college themselves the head of school of humanities suzanne deniff have said that you enriched college life
1: immensely it must
5: be lovely to hear that
1: it's lovely to hear it if i knew why or how <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to do it outside the college now if i could but oh, as George god when they're all when they're all um, cooperating with you and you know helping you along the way they won't do the study for you, they won't do the work for you, but by God, I tell you something, you, you, you'll know what you have to do, and you'll do it, and if you do it, you'll get it, and that's it.
5: So you're a good team player.
1: Ah, I wouldn't say that, but sure, there I am anyway. <laughs>
5: oh, indeed you are, because you have to be a team player to, uh, you know, go through college and do the studies and the group work and everything, and you've done that admirably. Now, you have seven children. They were all there at the conferring.
1: They were. 12 grandchildren. No, they weren't all there. I needn't tell you. But uh, yeah, th- the seven of them were there. They're all they're all located in Leinster, believe it or not.
5: And some of them still up round this neck of the woods in County uh, Meath. Oh,
1: Tomas is out in Kiltail. Cliona is in Navan. Well, the, the suburb of Navan we call it now. <laughs> and um, Neve is in Navan. Yeah. Leave us an alumni there, yeah?
5: Let's, let's explain to our listeners why that is and why I'm talking to you today. You spent 20 years living in Navin.
1: 22 years before we moved down here, yeah. And you're
5: originally from where?
1: <laughs> this is going to shock you. <clears throat> Drummond County Leitrim.
5: So what took you to Navin for 22 years?
1: We were living out, what can I tell you? We were living out in Killane before that.
5: So big mead connections?
1: Ah, uh, There would be a strong mead connection, there would be. Ah, there would be sure. I was a, I was a member of the O'Mahony's club for years. Particularly when they won uh, your namesake, Jerry Kelly was on the team that won the mid-eighties championships. The two mid-eighties championships, Jerry Kelly was on it. A very fine performer he was too, and Liam Curran was in charge of it. They won the hurling championships in the mid-eighties. Two were two in a row. Mick John Norris, Anko, various other fellas there, I. Right, you. Weren't all quirk, or nothing. They were all on us. Benny he God rest
5: him. Some great names there. are
1: ah, yeah, yeah.
5: From yeah. the past, for sure. I was attached to the rugby club. That's right. You, you held a, a position there. You were president. were you of Navan Rugby Club? 77 to
1: 79.
5: You lived in Kilcarn Court behind the Arbonne. That's right. And what did you do for a living?
1: I was mostly doing taxiing.
5: Oh, so you'd be well known in the Navan area being a taxi man.
1: Now, 15 years gone out of it.
5: But at that time, you would have known lots ah, of people. I yeah, have
1: known a fair share of people. And I, uh, God help us, a lot of them are gone on too. A lot of them are gone on too. My son Tomas went to St. Pat's. And where did the girls go? Loretto. It a fine school, Chair. was festooned with fine schools.
5: And what took you then to Wexford?
1: Ah, we just wanted a, a change. That was all, I think, at that stage. and we, did, we didn't want to leave it too late to change. Do you know what I mean? So it's
5: 15 years ago now. When you just think of your connections, Leitrim,
1: Meath, Wexford, is that it? Oh, mostly, yes, 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 yes. Well, i married to Kilkenny woman, naturally.
5: You oh, big God. You couldn't, you couldn't but have a good year in sport with all those counties involved.
1: <laughs> Tell her that.
5: <laughs> That's Phyllis, of course, your wife That's you're, Phyllis, you're yes. talking about there, and she was indeed. at the graduation also. She
1: was indeed,
5: she hmm. was indeed. Any plans from here?
1: I'm going up to Navan next week. I'm going well, down to Leithram, actually, from Navan to, to go back to the place where I was born, the actual town's land I was born in, just to see what it's like.
5: Oh, fantastic. What a lovely trip that will be. We wish you well. And with Thank your newfound you. knowledge and qualifications, Tom, any plans for it?
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing, Jerry: There was no-one beating down the doors to come in and apply. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Ah, you, your 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 working days are done. You don't want that.
1: I don't care whether I do or I don't. Now to tell you the gods through, somebody comes up and offers me a grand a day or something like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know the famous two chances of that, none and slim. Well, look, never say never. You know, your slim slim. are on holidays. Huh? <laughs> anyway, it's a wonderful
5: personal achievement, and you really have made your mark in Waterwood and nationally. I have to say, Tom, this story is absolutely everywhere.
1: Actually, you couldn't buy it. <laughs> no no you couldn't
5: you really couldn't well listen congratulations to you again
1: next week maybe I'll give you a
5: show. do indeed do God
1: indeed. bless you mind how you go
5: what a lovely man he is he really is just the salt of the earth if you want to hire him he's a thousand euro a day so if you're in the market for that kind of bloke Tom is available. Congratulations to him again at 82 years of age. Back to college and taking out that degree. Simply wonderful. Still to come on Late Lunch, John Brennan remembers his heart donor. We'll also be talking to Enda Donlan about a conscious life. But after two, a very interesting woman for you to meet. Her name is Phil McCartan and she's the Accommodation Services Manager at the Stormont Hotel. My next guest on Late Lunch today is based at the gorgeous four-star Stormont Hotel just outside Belfast, which is part of the Hastings Hotel Group, which operates seven hotels and resorts across Northern Ireland. Phil McCartan has heard, seen and learned a thing or two during her 40-year career in hospitality. And she's here to let us in on some of her secrets this afternoon. Phil, you're welcome to the show.
6: Thank you very much, Jerry.
5: Thank you for joining me. And thanks for joining us from beautiful Castlewellan. I'd say it was a journey and a half, Darren, was it, in those conditions?
6: I, it was, and um, my niece was actually driving, so I let her sort of, uh, and I just sort of looked out the window. Take but the strain
5: as yes, you prepare yes. for your big moment here yes. on Late Lunch. I understand, Phil. You're very welcome to the show. Oh, Castlewell in I, I said to you a moment ago before we came on, so many people know and love Castle to visit yes. and the park there.
6: Yeah, it's very, very, very popular. And there's um, a lake and a three-mile um, surround at the lake there. Very popular, especially for people training for marathons and things like that there. Mm. Bicycle runs, the old castle itself, gardens and all the rest. Beautiful spot. And are you from there I'm originally? from I'm from there. Yes,
5: Mm -hmm. What a beautiful part of the world to hail from. Tell us about you. You are 40 years in this business. How did you get into it in the first place? Where did you start?
6: Um, I had an older sister who was called um, Alice and she wanted to go into um, hospitality. And she went off to work with the choir boys in London. And um, I found that sort of fascinating. So I thought to myself, like... I'm not sure I want to work with the choir boys in London. So I'll try hospitality back at home. And, and sort of that was my stepping stone.
5: And did you start with this company that you're with today or are you with somebody else?
6: Um, I worked as maybe for about nine months with Trust House 40. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe a year, say, on that. But all my life I've worked with Hastings.
5: You are a long and loyal servant, as mm. they would say, as an employee. You know, that, like somebody that yeah. stays with the one company. Did you ever... Was your head ever turned to look anywhere else or to do anything else?
6: Um, I don't don't think so. I think I sort of... uh, I always wanted to sort of achieve the best in what I could do. And the fact was that uh, it was a small house and Sir Billy had the vision to see something bigger at the Stormont Hotel. So uh, he sort of took us all on board with him and it's now 110 rooms. But the change there alone... Was, was massive mm. you know and it never plus I worked through the troubles and all the rest in Belfast and hotels out of town were busier than what was in the city yes. so but now it's sort of turned round slightly. You OK, know.
5: and you mentioned Billy there, and of course, that's Sir William Hastings. Yes. Who uh, bought the period house and home that was there at the
6: time. That's right. It was an old um, sort of like um, two-storey house. Um, there was land rounded it as well, and which he um, transferred into a car park. And um, it was, in a way, I heard someone describe it once as a watering hole between Ballyhackamore and Dundonald which there wasn't one so this was his stepping stone to getting it in to get a restaurant, a bar and some accommodation
5: What's there now? How many rooms have you?
6: 110
5: Oh, you're a big operation Yes,
6: and eight apartments as well
5: to be looked after.
6: After as and well, And this all yes.
5: comes under your remit.
6: Yes, it does, yes. When we
5: mentioned Stormont, and I was privileged to visit it once and to meet the Reverend Ian Paisley on one occasion right. on the steps in Stormont where they come down in the building itself. Yeah. Um, I was there with Ken Murray, um, a journalist colleague of mine as well. Um You being near to storm, I take it you would have had a lot of the political people in and out with you.
6: Yes, we would, you know, um, at different times. And, you know, they would they would stay over. They they might come in at 11 o'clock. They might book some rooms and maybe turn up at two o'clock in the morning and stay the night away at seven. But um, it would vary. But at the minute. There's no one in the big house. Hey, Phil. <laughs> it's hey, it's hey What a
5: job! Would you like their job to <laughs> no. be paid and not to go to work? Oh, I love it. We oh, love I it. think they I just have it far too good. But that's yeah. for another day. Let's leave that aside. Tell me about um, the hotel there. Who, who does it attract mostly? Is it a business stayover hotel? Is it a visitors hotel? What?
6: It's. um It would be a business ho- a hotel, and we would do a lot of tours. All over, sort of from um, starting at March right through to November. And that would be from Europe and Asia, Australia, places place like that there. And one-nighters, four-nighters. We also do all the... We have the Northern Ireland Ladies sport team in at the minute. They're playing Norway and Wales the okay. next couple of days. Soccer, is it? The yeah, soccer, team. soccer the yeah, Northern yeah. Ireland Ladies. So they're staying yeah. with us. We also had Germany. They stayed as well. They sort of take over, closes down, which is great. And uh, so we we would do a lot of sports. Yeah. You know, like that there, kickboxing. You know, big... You know, yeah, you're,
5: you're out of town a little bit. If I stayed with you, could I get into Central Belfast quickly? Oh, uh,
6: yes. We've got a lovely glider, which is only operating about a year now. And that'll take you into the city. There's a bus lanes have all opened up and into the city in about five minutes.
5: Fantastic. Stormont Hotel, folks. That's the place to be. And this woman will look after you, I promise you. Of course. Tell me about your job and what you do. What is Accommodation Services Manager?
6: Um, probably the old title would it be a housekeeper Right, and then we have changed it a little bit more posh, and all the rest. So I would look after from the front door right through to just beyond the back door, where the head chef would take over. So all the public areas, I have a laundry, and then I have the bedrooms as well, compact centre, and all the rest. So
5: you have a wide remit. How many people work for you?
6: About eighteen, right, and that would be very diverse. Mm. Yes, uh huh. Yeah.
5: So you mentioned the bedroom area there, because when you go to a hotel and you book a room and you're staying overnight, of course where you sleep is very, very important, oh, yeah. isn't it?
6: It is very, very important. You place
5: important. a big emphasis on that and having that one hundred percent right.
6: Yeah, we do. We would absolutely be quite obsessed with our bed making and things like that there. Now going back years ago before doofies came in we would have had blankets. On the beds, and you know, um, with three sheets on a bed, and you had a bounce of fifty pence piece off them. What was that about? <laughs> you had
5: to have the it that taut made up, yes, wasn't it?
6: Yes, and it looked absolutely perfect. pristine.
5: Yes. So you bounce we 50, used to bounce. and if the fifty p bounced, thumbs up,
6: yep. And if it didn't,
5: you had to redo it. Let's go again. Go and and is what that what the way you test it? Yeah, that's with the, the, the
6: coin. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's the way we tested it. So
5: today, without the older, you know, uh, sheets and covers, etc.,
6: how do you make up a bed today? We have, we actually, it's quite good now today because it's a bit more environmentally friendly. One sheet and then we have um, goose down feathered duvets and uh, we have a duvet cover and, and that would be it. As simple as possible. But feathers have a habit of a mind of their own and they'll move about a little bit. So they can be tricky enough sometimes to get them to sit properly you know.
5: so you have to present those perfectly yes, as well yeah, uh-huh. so it's simple but obviously then in the room you have uh, heating and, and, and the ambience and temperatures of the room yeah. that's important What you, what's ideal to sleep in do you say
6: temperature wise around about 19 for everybody in your own home and everything should be around sort of a, quite a cool yeah, quite a cool temperature not going over the 20 at all and that there is ample for you you know so that your body will adjust to that And all the rest.
5: Yeah, and we were talking here last week about getting a good night's sleep and tips. So obviously, what you have told me there in the making up of the bed, the temperature. Do you recommend a bath or anything like that before going to bed to ease you into sleep?
6: Well, some people like a bath just to sort of relax and all the rest, but not overly hot, you know, sort of, verge of hot but not hot yes and all the rest and not to stay in the bath and sort of soak in it and things like that you have your bath relax and then out and then um no caffeine i think most people no mm, caffeine mm. turn off the laptops the mobile phone at least an hour before you go to bed because you have to unwind yes and um and then you know you have the curtains pulled you haven't been watching television maybe listening to a bit of music mm. reading a book and then that's it and some people tell me they would actually put a towel over their laptop so they don't see it
5: no light no light the blue light the get rid of it got,
6: get rid of it now your
5: bed making is legendary at this stage yeah. because a colleague of ours believe it or not Chris Evans is a colleague of ours we're in the same group of radio stations in London with Virgin now yes you were called over to the Chris that's Evans right. show
6: weren't you yes that's right to make a bed on his radio station Yes, and it was really hard because I had, you know, very small space to work in and there was lots and lots of wires on the floor. So we were sort of doing a little dancing act to get the bed made. But there was uh, Gary Barlow, Gareth Malone, Andrew Lloyd Webber and um, Chris. Chris Evans. Well, you're the only woman there. It's the only woman in that little, in that little studio. Imagine those oh. four men
5: and yourself and just one bed. That's mm, right. Phil.
6: Yes, I know. Did
5: you show them, you know, how it's done?
6: I Well, I did borrow um, Sir uh, Lloyd's um, arm because he, I don't think he really understood what I was trying to say and maybe he didn't understand me. So I said, look, I'll borrow your arm. And he said to me, I don't even know what a doobie is. <gasps> Oh my God. And I says, well, you'll know now because I need to borrow your arm. <laughs> so I just borrowed his arm and we put the two feet so cover on. Together. Chris called on you as yeah.
5: the person yeah. who knows how to make up a bed properly that's for a good night's that's sleep.
6: That's right, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: What a claim to fame this woman has. Stay with us on late lunch. More from Phil McCartan from Stormont Hotel after this short break. Phil McCartan from the Stormont Hotel in Belfast, just outside Belfast, is with me. She's accommodation services manager there. Look, something I've always wanted to ask somebody like you, I'm curious. Look at your career, spreading over 40 years with the one company and you've been in this business. Is it more difficult, Phil, to please people today than it was, say, 10, 20 years ago?
6: Yes, it is. And we can see the difference. Why? I don't know what it is at all. Is it because people expect more? Um, you, um, maybe about five years or maybe say ten years ago, with the recession, there was a sort of like a lull. But now it's back up to the fact that people would be extremely demanding, very demanding, you know. And um, but years ago, people would have been much much easier to deal with. And the fact is, I think probably a lot of people went out of their way to do more for them. In a sense, whereas now people are inclined to, you know, it's very simple accommodation in, in a lot of hotels now. The rooms are very simple and very plain and all around. So people are coming and going. Yes. And, and they're not sort of staying. Whereas I do know in the storm, we would sort of focus a lot more on our sort of little extras and our bits and pieces, mm. you know, and sort of little taste bites for them and things like that there. But yes, they're definitely, people would be. Extremely. That puts more pressure
5: on you and your team as well. And talking about your team, you know, we know down here it's very hard to get... Irish, English, Scottish, or Welsh people to work in hospitality.
6: Uh-huh. Do you see the same? Yeah, we would we would sort of maybe struggle with a sort of a gap of about six there at the end, which would be for remittances, um, and most of our staff would be long time with me. But there's that gap at the bottom, and at the moment we are sort of recruiting from Venezuela, uh, Portuguese, and Spanish. Are coming in, which is good too for us because we're learning another language. Yes, yes. So it's it is good.
5: But they must learn English, of course. Yes, they are learning.
6: They all go to school, and they learn English as well.
5: So that's a a prerequisite of becoming part of the team there, that they do. Yes, uh And, you know, you obviously have to have all your people on their toes and be sure that everything is done 100% right. And when you have a turnover like that, does that become more difficult if you have five or six of the team changing?
6: It it does, but if you have a good, solid team with you, it actually can work very well. You know, 8 o'clock in the morning, they would start. Bus tours, especially in the summertime, would go out about 10 past 8 we're lucky. And, you know, my staff can start right away. Yeah. yeah.
5: Your, your working day, what, what time do you begin and how long do you work? And do I, I, you get your two days off a week? How does that work uh, for you?
6: Yeah, you would get two days off. Maybe not the same two days or, you know, maybe not two days together and things like that there. But I would get up. My day starts at five o'clock. I would get up at five o'clock in the morning and I would leave home about quarter to six and I would be in Belfast about quarter to seven, ten to seven. Very early person. Like to be in early. Like to be organised. Like to know what's happening, where's going. Like to be organised.
5: And and is it a job as well? You know where some jobs people clock in and clock out. Mm. Yours wouldn't be like that. No, not at all.
6: No, no, no. If I need a couple of hours somewhere along the line off, that's fine. There wouldn't be an issue with that. Yeah.
5: Do people leave rooms generally in a decent state when they're finished? Or do you ever go into rooms and you wonder, oh my word, do these people live like this at home?
6: Well, I don't know whether I would say actually they would live like that at home, but they do. They can really. They can make a mess. Bad. Bad, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, they can But, you know, then we say that's our job and we have to get on with it and, mm. you know, and clean it and turn it around yeah. for the next guest. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. Oh, yeah, know. at times. And others you wouldn't even know They've been in the bed. I was bedrooms. going to say that, yeah. We wouldn't ha- they would sleep on one corner of the bed and they're absolutely their treat.
5: You'd wonder if they were there at, at all? At all,
6: yes, yes, yes.
5: While we're on that subject, tell me the story of the wife that rang up for the husband about the bed. Do you, do you remember that story? Yes,
6: yes, that's, yes that's a wee while ago now. Um, we had a gentleman who was booked in and we got another phone call and Stephanie in reception said to me, Phil, they need the bed taken out of that room. And I thought, right, what's for, he's got a bad back. So, it, you know, he, he wants to sleep on the floor, which is not really, it happens sometimes. So bed out, all the rest, bed made up on the floor. And when he arrived in, he realised that his wife had made a phone call because he was... Counting on with somebody else so <gasps> oh she we thought it knew was, well we thought it was re- actually it was very very funny <laughs> at the time because he thought we had done it and we went no 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 it was a such and such such and such had done it
5: revenge is a bed oh, on the floor
6: huh that's right we thought it was very very one
5: funny. nil to that <laughs> lady fair you yeah. I'm sure you were saying oh my word we were certainly um Got the wrong instruction here. Yes,
6: Yes, he, he, And he says, but why, why would anybody do that? We were going where we were told to do it. So. <laughs> and did you have
5: to get oh, the yeah. bed? Oh, we'll yeah, you to the bed had back. to go back in the bed had to away. go back in again. What about the lad who uh, ordered room service, food to the room? Tell me that one.
6: Um, yes, it was quite late at night, uh, one evening, and he was working and he was actually, he does quite a lot of work and he would be very, um, work quite late and he would be kind of, Forgetful guests as well. So he was up in his room and ordered dinner. He was working away and he realised, oh, my dinner's got cold, I'll pop it in the microwave. And he went back about 10 minutes later and he couldn't get the microwave opened. So the next morning when he was checking out, Pat was in reception and he says to Pat, he says, that microwave, it it wouldn't work for me last night. He says, I put my dinner in it and I couldn't get it out. And Pat goes, really? Really? All right. Okay. Well, have a look at it, and so she went upstairs to have a look, and she knew there was no microwave in the room. It put it in the safe, <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. There it was, sitting, sitting from the night before. Oh, Phil! Oh, my goodness! And and he had garlic or something on it, and the smell was really, really. <laughs> Really bad, I you know, love it. I love it. Some of the things.
5: Do you, you know when people uh, stay with you? And, and, and a lot of people like quiet to sleep. You know, this is a big thing. I've stayed in places, and sometimes the racket in the room next door would just yeah. like. Yeah. Do you ever have that? Do you have that much that people can't get a night's sleep, and then you or your people are involved in it, and you have to have a word with people staying there?
6: Around Christmas, you that would be sort of like party nights and things like that there Uh, and you have to be careful we would try and keep our party people to maybe one side of the building and our other residents to the other because we'd be quite a lot of regulars so we have to sort of make sure we're looking after them as well as the party people we try and keep them um, to one side of the building overlooking maybe the party room and things like that there but there is times we would have to knock on the door and just say can you tone it down and you know do they needs. listen do they Do they take some will listen and others you might have to go back a couple of times yeah. but I think now people are aware that you could nearly you know you would ask them you know maybe to leave to
5: leave if yeah, it, if it uh-huh. didn't settle down if it didn't
6: settle down you know, mm. you know then you're right to ask them to move,
5: to move you mentioned Christmas there and
6: are you a 365 day hotel yes we are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and there's we're no, always, no well, break there's no break and we're almost fully booked for Christmas Day Really? Yeah, we do a, a Christmas Day buffet, and it's on It's like being on a cruise liner. <laughs> and on uh, real. it's fabulous. And um, it, I think it's it's almost fully booked.
5: And and you do the traditional, the turkey ham, um, the, all the, the trimmings rest, and everything, everything like that.
6: and all the rest to go with that.
5: You see, Phil, people today, you know the way the world is going. They think, they look on this and it's a big undertaking to do it at home. And they yeah. look at you guys yeah. and think, well, it's going to be yeah. served up for us. Isn't it marvellous? Yeah.
6: But we, we have families that would save all year. Uh, maybe the mother in the house would take £5 pound off them a week. Uh, and by Christmas, their taxis paid for, their food's paid for them. A the whole hand. lot, whole lot,
5: and will you have people staying over? Will people actually stay with you Christmas Eve, Christmas night?
6: Yes. Now we wouldn't do sort of like a we do a small package, but not like the sleep it and blissly. But yeah. we do. We would have people that would be visiting family in the nursing homes. I see. And people on their own. Maybe their partner has died. And rather than stay in the house on their own, they'll come and stay in the hotel. And we have time for them, people, because we know and we can look after them and, you know, potter about and talk to them and and all the rest. That's really
5: touching, I have to say. It's
6: lovely. It is lovely. And
5: and, and what a way of, you know, having company and friendship at a time of year when it's really tough for people as well.
6: And they don't want it sort of forced on them. You have to be careful, you know, and they just like it sort of like... Just somebody to acknowledge that they're Mm. here and they're staying with us.
5: I take it that you have regulars as well that come back at the same times of the year that are regularly coming to the hotel and you've built relationships with?
6: We do and and we hold on to their wash bags for them. We'll do their laundry for them and they pick it up and they come back on a Monday. They leave on a Friday. Oh, yeah, Uh because you have to nowadays because they just run through the airports, one bag, they're not putting luggage. You know, they don't have time to put their suitcases down. So it works out very well. Mm. We're very happy to do it, yeah.
5: You working in the business where do you like to go for a break you know you're in a you, i you know you're oh, no. a, you're a person in in the midst of this and yeah. love it I can see yeah,
6: but yeah. is there somewhere you
5: like to go for a break
6: um not actually for for hotels or anything I don't let I mean, be <laughs>
5: right you, you want know. away from no, that I, when, I you're, when you're when you're on want away from it yes. or
6: anything i wouldn't be interested i'm very happy pottering about through uh, antique shops and hardware stores <laughs> 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 are my two favorite places so. are they yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so have.
5: when you take a break you like to break away from it yeah. all together yeah, so and, and have yeah have,
6: just stay away from it yeah
5: it's in your veins isn't it at this stage yeah, you is. have a great love for this oh you
6: have to have a passion for it you can't you know you have to have it in you you can't um uh, you can't educate anybody to it or anything like that there you have to have it in you
5: and just thinking here, if I ever get the Spanish elbow at home, Stormont is the place to be. That's
6: right. You'll I'll come, be looked you'll after well there. come up well and there. stay with us. we delighted <laughs> to look after you. We will indeed. We will indeed.
5: Well, yes. thank you so much for coming to us on Late Lunch well, today. I wish you well. You're a fantastic lady. And I know you are so highly and well regarded by all your guests at the Stormont Hotel. And I wish you many years of happiness.
6: Thank you very much, Jared. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you for
5: joining me, Phil thank McCartan. Thank you. you. Thank you. My next guest has been with me on Late Lunch in the Past and he's a multi-talented man. He's an osteopath by profession. He's an interfaith minister and he's here to talk today about Conscious Concert. It's an event that's coming up that celebrates wisdom, connection and fun in a time when it is so needed, says the blurb Ender Donlin, You're welcome back to Late Lunch.
4: Thanks Thanks for having me back.
5: I'm delighted to have you here with me today. Do you know... <laughs> that uh, what those words I've just read there, and I'll take a couple of them out and, and say this to you: mm-hmm. connection in a time when it's so needed. But I'll throw this back at you: yeah, we are more connected as human beings in this world today by technology than ever we were in the past. And mm-hmm. so, what's the issue?
4: Well, I suppose the issue is. As we see very often in social media, we put the very often the best foot forward, uh, uh, facades and you know appearances. Everybody seems to be glowing on and filtered (laughs) on social media. (laughs) It is true. I think the essence of it is intimacy. We've lost the intimacy. We've lost the intimacy of community. You know, we no longer knock on our neighbor's door for a, a, a bag of sugar. You know, not that we want to go back to horse and cart times, but we've just, we've become more isolated. And um, I think we our priorities are, have gone astray, you know. So we're, we're kind of being sold a dream you know of 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 fantasies and illusions and what we're really when we when we attain all those mater, particularly materialism when we attain all that we we really feel empty inside very often you know so that brings us back and that be that can be a kind of an existential angst as well because when you 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 gain all the material wealth and you still feel poor inside and um, that's what where i think a lot of the 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 um you know the isolation comes from
5: you know i've heard the saying growing mm. up uh through faith and that that in giving we receive mm. and i've often felt that myself in, in in giving i get more from than acquiring yeah you know in, in, mm. in line with what you're, you're saying there but but here's the thing we have that connectivity uh, and mm. are you saying to me that we're actually more isolated as human
4: beings is that what it is Well, well, like you were saying there, that point you made about um, in giving we receive, uh, the energy of that is, um, because I was was talking to a friend of mine about that, because, you know, Deepak Chopra particularly wrote a book about it. And it, it can be misunderstood that we just, you know, that we, you know, we just keep giving and we there's almost an expectation that we'll receive something in return. I I feel the essence of that is about expanding our energy in love. You know, we all like to be in spaces and around people who are genuinely uh, open and uh, non-judgmental, kind, you know. We go away from these interactions with people feeling, oh, I feel enhanced. I really like being around that person. What is it about that person? well it's about their energy it's you know we don't really like to be around contracted energies that are pessimistic that are doom and gloom you know we actually you know the, the, it's it's kind of it's pretty toxic you know and contagious you know and it brings it's low vibrational and we like high vibrational stuff not that we have to bypass reality, but it's important to embrace the shadows of reality but also recognize there's a lot of miracles happening every day you know we wiggle our toes when we, in the morning when we wake up and do we recognise that that's a miracle, you know?
5: Yeah, because we get a lot of the negative mm. and the, the downside of life peddled to us uh, on TV, news, mm. radio, newspapers, you're dead right, That that is what dominates the headlines and, and it seems to attract people and attention and, and mm. sell and make money. But going back to something you said a few moments ago, who or what is peddling us this dream, this thing, you know, of, as you say, acquiring, acquiring, and then we have everything and suddenly we feel as empty as a shell?
4: Yeah, well, it's down to, sadly, our, our schooling, you know, like as an osteopath, I, I treat people physically and we we go through school with this thing called physical education and physical education generally means here's a ball and go off and kick it, you know, so we we're not... Educated about health. I know it's improving these days. There's mindfulness and there's even yoga coming into school. So there is improvements. But our generation, you know, the people who've gone through school through the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, there was it wasn't there. And we're trying to. Gather some information and try to uh, remember what it means to look after our bodies. You know, we wouldn't let a, we wouldn't put dirty oil into a car. You know, but we put dirty oil into our bodies every day. You know, we don't know how to. I was out in Hong Kong and I was in the the park at half six in the morning, and you see these old people stretching with their their ankle up up at the height of their their noses, and these are people um I mean, they must be in their eighties and nineties. And we don't. We have this tradition, and and sadly, I don't like to berate the church, <laughs> but you know, sadly, we we kind of like almost. It's it, there's a lot of shame around the body and looking after the body. It's almost to be, you know, that to look after your body, you're almost kind of like you're almost waiting for happiness in the afterworld rather than happiness and health here, you know. So. I think it's important that, um, you know, the, the ancient traditions are, are remembered because they, you know, that's, you know, the the more um, monotheistic religions like Judaism and Christianity and, you know, they all came after, you know, but they were byproducts of the original wisdom, you know, of the East. You know, which was all about looking after the body, always about looking within, all about finding our our, our power, our source, our inner divinity, you know.
5: I'm smiling here thinking yeah. you mentioned yoga and mindfulness yeah. and Bishop Alphonsus Fonsi down in uh, the Wexford diocese, you probably saw this lately, yeah, yeah, yeah. he had a good lash <laughs> at that and said, Oh, totally unchristian, anyone practicing mindfulness or yoga, you're damned in hell forever.
4: Yeah, isn't it, isn't it great? Oh, I'll be I'll be in good company down there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> good man, <Yeah>. in. <laughs> But you know, when you
5: hear that, is it? He it, 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 it truly believes this. Obviously, I think it's in conflict with the church. Is it that thing that you alluded to there? You know, control control of people. You know, not allowing people be mindful or practice yoga.
4: Yeah, well, it's it's you know, there's a time gone by when people weren't re- allowed to even read their their religious text. You know, mm. it was in Latin. They didn't speak. The, you know, yes. even today, there's remnants of um, you know authority where, you know, doctors don't like us even Googling stuff. They say, oh, don't Google. You know, I hear time and time again, doctors saying you shouldn't Google your your symptoms. Of course, Google your symptoms. Of course, empower yourself. Of course, believe that you can connect to God. You don't need an intermediary to speak to the source of your being. Of course, you know, we need to empower ourselves. We need to connect with the source of who we are and, and not give our power away. You know, and we need to elect governments obviously that that, that also reflect our consciousness because it's no point in say, thinking the government is is terrible and all this. It's we're we're electing this government, we're choosing it. It's it's a it's a mirror of the, the, the state of, of the, the general consensus of, of our society. And it begs the question, are we really
5: conscious as human beings and people in countries and states when it comes to electing people? Look at the people that have been elected.
4: Mm, Yeah, well, it's a lot of it is self-serving and self-preservation and it's lower vibration. You know, the lower vibrations of humanity is about self-preservation and procreation. And they're the lower vibrations. The higher vibrations are about oneness, spreading love, inclusivity and non-judgmentalism. These are these are these are across the board in all sacred paths and and it's not defined and, and and owned by any religion spirituality exists on its own religion cannot exist without spirituality but spirituality can exist without religion and that's very important you know we're all spiritual beings even whether we have a belief or don't have a belief you we can't run away from the fact that we life is miraculous mm. you know
5: wouldn't it be some world with the four things you mentioned there, if we were all like that. Why is it, though, that man is the greatest self-destructor
2: hmm.
5: on the planet, self-destructor of everything else, this environment we live in on the planet, the animals, everything, we're just, I don't know, I despair at times, I well, have to say myself.
4: You know, it's about um, it's about taking what we need and not what we want, you know. And I, I rocked up here in a zero-one ace. And it's, you know, I'm not professing that we all drive around in bangers, but it really doesn't matter to me what I drive as long as it gets me from A to B. Yeah. And we're we're fixed on this idea, you know these these things it's, at it's CBCs or whatever. Uh, where, you know when you buy cars on these, you know you don't own them, and everybody the PCP, yeah. PCPs. Everybody's mm. driving around in these cars, giving the facade of wealth, giving not ashamed of what the neighbors think, and ashamed that they could act, they actually feel deeply inside poverty so they're trying to compensate by having all this materialism when it's actually a reflection of their poverty of spirit you know they're they're lacking inside they're lacking self-love so they have to develop all these material images around them to almost feel that they're worthy of love and oh i have all these things i must be successful oh i'm busy therefore i am successful well where where did we get off with this idea that busyness is successful you know, to be busy. So we're human doings instead of human beings. It's crazy where humanity is f- focused. We're not celebrating being alive, being present, being, being connection, intimacy. You know, no, we're celebrating people who are just pushing the the, the materialism and 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 using up all the resources and just greed. We're, that's what we celebrate is greed. Can this be stopped? Can this be turned
5: around? Will it ever? Or is the ultimate destruction of mankind, the human race and this planet, the end game?
4: You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a pessimist, but I do recognize that, you know, that, that we're, we're a culture based in addictions and addictions take many forms. It can be food, it can be exercise, it can be alcohol, it could be even, you know, it, it takes many different sources. And I think we we will probably go to rock bottom and that's okay. We'll probably, you know, the the things will self, we'll destruct things, you know, and we'll be faced with ourselves. I think I remember reading, um, it was like when the price of grain goes up, when more flooding happens and the price of rain goes up, probably the first thing to get hit will be the price of alcohol. And I thought that was mildly amusing because actually the more, Um, The climate starts to affect our our crops. Actually, we won't be able to hide behind drink anymore. We'll actually become more sober and we'll face the sobering reality of what we're doing to the planet.
5: We're just hearing news that one of the true greats of Irish broadcasting and radio has passed away. Byrne. Barn will uh, hear more about that, I'm sure, on our news at three o'clock. Enda Donlan's with us on late lunch this afternoon. Now, tell me about this Conscious Concert. W- what's this about, Enda?
4: Well, the Conscious Concert is a space. It's an open-minded um, event that brings people together to... Uh, to enlighten them in some way with uh, international wisdoms and mystic speakers. Um, The idea is that somebody comes to Conscious Concert and goes through the experience and and leaves in a a more lightened, uh, more uh, uh, a state where they feel more connected to themselves. Uh,
5: So what we were talking about before the break there, if you want to begin on the road to greater consciousness, Mm. to Change or maybe turn your life around and help turn around this human race and planet that we 're involved with this you 're saying is a real opportunity
4: well, this is a drop in the in the ocean yeah. of the things that we can we can do you know there 's no substitute for daily practice um, and and a concert like this uh, brings people together to remind us that there there is people waking up and we can choose to become more aware in the world, and we 're not alone. And uh, a lot of people who come to the concert would feel, you know, a lot of dismay about society, and want, and and deep inside feel that there's there's something deeper, and it's it's really for people who are seekers, seeper, seekers of knowledge, seeker seekers of knowing that spirituality is is actually a lot of fun. You know, it's not all, you know, misery and hard. We sh- You know, to actually to connect with our spirit should be a joyful process, you know. So where is it happening and how
5: do people book in or go along?
4: Yeah, well, uh, the website is consciousconcert.ie. And uh, you can buy tickets on on the website. Um, the, the lineup is: we've got a South American shaman who brings um, Mexican the tradition of sh- uh, Mexican shamanism to to Ireland. And there's another man; uh, he started up the the New Earth movement. It's all about how we can reclaim our sovereignty as human beings and empower ourselves. Um, There's a woman, uh, she's written 22 books on on how to live on light, how to expand our energies so we actually need less from the material world. We actually begin to eat less and sleep less because we're brimming with so much energy. And then there's sacred music, there's chanting, um, Eastern chanting, world music chanting. It's a a celebration, you know, it's a celebration. And it's
5: happening this coming weekend, November the 10th, Sunday?
4: This Sunday. And it's happening where? Griffith College Conference Centre. Okay,
5: a a, a well-known place. And again, tickets can be got from consciousconcert.ie. Okay. Um, Come back to the subject matter, what we're talking about today. And you're a very spiritual man. And um, spirituality, you say, is the key, regardless of faiths or beliefs or or, or religions. In, In the greater context what do you believe is there a god that made this world is there a place we're going to after this human life my classic Mm. question that i have asked so many people of your ilk Mm. over the years how do you respond
4: well um we're having my interpretation of it is we're having a spiritual experience consciousness or the divine is having a spiritual experience of itself Therefore, it creates duality. It creates contrasts so we can experience ourselves. So you wouldn't know a sunny day from a rainy day unless there was a rainy day and a sunny day. So this is how consciousness experiences itself through duality. So we're actually all one, but we have this experience of being separate. And that's a way of understanding contrasts in the great womb of the mother the divine mother or you know and i don't mean that as a woman necessarily but actually it's androgynous and it's 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 an energy that embraces all where we come from and we we experience separateness and I think that's part of the journey of being human is that we come down here to to and we come down and we forgot where we come from, and the journey then is is the remembering. That's the journey of spirit is to remember our source, and the ancient traditions, be it Mayan or or, or Indian, um, they it was all about remembering the spirit, the source of where you come from, and we'll return there. Well, we're we're already there. Oh. You know, it's actually innocent around us. This is heaven on earth, haven't you been told? <laughs> it's what you choose to believe. See, if we, choose, if we choose the news and the newspaper every day, that's the world we're creating. So if we choose happiness, joy and celebration, we're creating a new earth right here, right now.
5: Let's leave everybody with that thought. I love it. <laughs> on that yeah. positive note, I'll say goodbye to you today. Conscious concert. Dot I-E. All the details are there. Mm. and uh, it's been a pleasure again. Pleasure, Thank you so much Thank for joining you. me on the show. The lane Road, impassable, we're hearing a word of. If there are any more roads that you come across, experience difficulties with the frightfully heavy rain we're having at the moment, do let us know at he- here at LMFM Radio and we'll pass on the word to our listeners. 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. Or you can call in on 1850 715 And the word this afternoon is really do take care on the roads. There's a lot of water lying on surfaces out there, so please travel carefully. Gay Byrne is gone. Yes, we uh, mentioned it there just before three o'clock, and uh, you heard on our news a little resume of his life. My. I have to say, he was some man. He was just the quintessential broadcaster. At a time, I was just thinking and putting this show together and how it's changed over the years. I've been behind this microphone. But can you imagine when he started up on the radio? Listen, there were no mobile phones. There was no Google. There was no internet. You just had a telephone and a pen and a piece of paper. And you picked up that phone and you rang people and think today where we just google and we get the story of the stories from yesteryear and wikipedia and everything that man and his team had none of that and they produced absolutely brilliant groundbreaking radio that had the nation talking every day that tackled the big issues and had lots of fun as well along the way and as for the late late show well it's an institution not just in this country but in the world in terms of longevity of a chat show and He was the man, of course, that began all that with the wonderful interviews and he hosted it for so many years. And of course, you've had Pat Kenny since and now Ryan Tuberty uh, carrying the baton on. And I'm sure there's going to be a very special Late Late Show coming up completely uh, dedicated to Gay. I had the pleasure of interviewing him once on Late Lunch, not face to face, but on the phone. But uh, I was in awe of the man. I was was shaking here. (laughs) hoping that I wouldn't put a foot wrong, but he was very nice to me. I must try and dig it out, the conversation I had with him. And uh, I always had the greatest admiration for him. And you know, some people love them, others loathe them. That's what you are when you sit in a seat like this and get behind a microphone. That's the way it works. You can't please everybody. But that man was brilliant. He really was brilliant. And we're sad today to hear of the passing of the great gay barn up next on late launch john brennan joins me he was with me on the show earlier on in the year and he told me the remarkable story of his heart transplant he wants to honor his donor and he's going to tell us all about it next john brennan's on the line afternoon john good
3: morning. well jerry how's things ah
5: very good lovely to talk to you again a poignant time of the year this for you a year ago was it john
3: it was jerry uh yeah. um september last year 2018 is when I got my my heart transplant, so just just over just over the year.
5: Take us back. Just remind our listeners again. I know you told us at Lent, and what a, a touching story we heard from you on the show here when you were in us. It was back what in twenty fifteen that this all began, was it?
3: Um, well, yeah, but I suppose I I was I was born with a heart condition, Jerry. Yeah, um, didn't really find out, uh, wasn't diagnosed. When I was twelve, but as I said the first time I was talking, to you, I kind of was stable through my twenties. No major issues, you know, just in and getting appointments done and that. Um, but in relation to work and family life, I was able just to do the normal thing. Um, and then, obviously, in 2015, just in the early 30s, uh, things kind of started to, to go downhill. And the heart was just getting weaker and weaker. Um, so I ended up on uh, life support. I got pneumonia in 2015, and I ended up on life support in the lures and, and Drada. Um, I, was on, I was on life support for a week. Um, thank God now I pulled through, but it affected my kidneys and other organs because the heart was so weak. Um, so I suppose from 2015 until the heart transplant in 2018, I, I was just in and out of hospital all the time, Jerry. I had too many strokes, I had numerous uh, infections, and I had pneumonia two or three times. So, you know, for the three years leading up to the transplant, I was very, very sick.
5: mm and, of course, it ultimately led to you receiving a new heart. I always loved the part of the story, uh, and I want you to say it again because it's really joyful. You, you you were told there was a heart available, and they had you prepped and ready to go, and off you went, and you had the transplant. Normally, people are out of it for a few days afterwards. Not you, Mr Brennan.
3: No, no. Um, I suppose one of the last things I said to my wife, Claire. um when they were when they were taking me down the corridor towards the theatre, I I um, I said to Claire, um, it was Albert the following day, and I said to Claire, um, listen, things are going to be okay. I'm going to get through this, and I'm going to wake up on your birthday, which was the following day. And um, the doctors did say that, you know, people can sleep or stay on on life support for anything up to five days to give mm. their body a chance to recover, because as you can imagine, it is a, a fairly severe operation um and something really hard to kind of recover from. But um I was I was I was mindful that I wanted to wake up the next day. So um on the third attempt of trying to wake up the doctors just said, Listen, he obviously wants to wake up, let him wake up. Um and then the first thing that Claire when she came into the room, I think it was about half ten the following morning I obviously wish her a happy birthday. So, yeah, it it was it was lovely. It was <laughs> oh,
5: what a great story that is. It does the cockles in me heart good, I have to yeah. say. Every yeah. time I hear you, you you recount it. In the year just over the year since. Of course, it's a big operation and seriously you have to mind yourself. You have to be very careful. H- how are you now? How how are you today?
3: Yeah, yeah, doing really well. Um as you say I'm on an awful lot of medication, um, a lot of anti-anti um, rejection drugs, and um, basically to have to keep the immune system suppressed because my immune system naturally thinks that um, the the heart that I have, obviously, it's a foreign body, and um, so my immune system will constantly be trying to attack my new heart, and um, so to stop that, I have to keep the immune system uh, suppressed with drugs, and um, no rejection whatsoever in the full year up until September, um, when I was in getting my last angiogram um no rejection the whole year the whole year, so I suppose that's the kind of the main thing is uh, rejection, and once there was no rejection, I was happy now there was obviously little wee, small little blips you know during the year, Jerry in relation to bloods and levels and stuff. but overall, I have to say, um you know really getting stronger as the weeks and months go on um Family life is great. I'm able to kind of play with the kids and just do all the normal things that, you know, a normal father would do with his kids. And family life is very, very good. Um, I'm really just enjoying the time with the kids.
5: Oh, that's great to hear it, John. Now, you're good to the extent that you're actually going to head to the Phoenix Park next Sunday to take on... A remembrance five k run. Why is this, or tell our listeners why this is extra special to you? The Phoenix Park connection.
3: Yeah, um, I seen it. I seen it on uh, social media. Um, the remembrance run. And as soon as I read about it and where it was, I just said straight away to my wife, um, Claire. I said, Claire, I need to do this. This is something I need to do because September last year, um, when I got the transplant, the my my organ donor. Um, the heart was delivered to Phoenix Park. Um, the army helicopter uh, uh, arrived at the Papal Cross in Phoenix Park and um, my heart in the, in the box, as they call it, was you know it was, it was a guard escort took it down to the matto, um and then I got my transplant that night. So when I seen this remembrance run in Phoenix Park, um, and a remembrance run obviously is more significant for me because um, it would let me remember uh, the amazing person who who gave me a second chance of life. Um, and it's a small little token that I can kind of give back to my donor just to say thanks very much. And not just myself. Um, you know, there was other lives saved that night due to this extraordinary young man. Um, and for a lot of families, were able to move forward and rebuild their lives. So that that, that, that connection between Phoenix Park and the Remembrance Run of my donor, um, I really did want to kind of you know make, make sure that I, I was going to do it
5: jerry ah oh, it's a lovely link i have to say and well done to you john for bringing all this together and i know with donors you never know who they are you you have a, an idea but you don't know the exact person i take no you, you don't have a name or anything no, like that or do no, you no no
3: you're no not given
5: any yes yes i i understand and that that's perfectly uh right and proper as well yeah no,
3: i did i did write a letter to yeah the, the, my donor's family you're allowed to do that after a year yes of transplant um, you're not allowed to give any details but it's just to kind of let them know how you're getting on yeah
5: yeah terrific and,
3: um, hopefully it'll give some kind of uh, solace to
5: them. absolutely so this remembrance 5k run is in the Phoenix Park this Sunday I, I, I take it you're, you're going to walk it are you rather than run it
3: um, yeah it's at 11 o'clock in the Phoenix Park um, I am going to walk it but I will I will be doing kind of Kind of jogging if I can. I'm yeah, going to, I'm going. I'm going to see what is the best time I can do. I've been training for it. Um, I've been doing plenty of five k walks, and my time's been fairly good. And um, I'm also on the static bike at home, um, cycling away. So it's just great to have that energy, Jerry. Like
2: mm. even
3: you know, it's it's a, it seems like a simple thing to most people going for a walk. But just over a year ago, I wasn't able to walk up the stairs in my house. I had to sleep downstairs for four months, leading up to even going into hospital. So to go from not being able to walk up the stairs to being able to go out and enjoy a five k walk uh, with my with my family and friends and remember the people who have gone by uh, before us it's just it's just it's just so nice. It's
5: an incredible story. It, it it really is. And you've been given all the thumbs up by the medical people and those who continue to look after you.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. It's a continuous assessment. Um, but so far, so good. Everything's going great. Um, and then, you know, my appointments are getting more sporadic, which is great. Um, but uh, I'm down to every year now. Um, and I just go up every few months for Bloods and that. But I have to say, Jerry, only for, only for the, the professions, uh, the doctors, the nurses, uh, the surgeons in the matter hospital. You know, these are unsung heroes, as I call them. Um, amazing people. And, you know, so many families around the country. We wouldn't be here without them.
5: That is for sure. I uh, endorse those remarks entirely. So it's happening on Sunday and if people want to register or walk and um, I, I presume you can raise money or do you have to pay into this how does it work, John? You
3: can register on RemembranceRun.ie, yeah. Jerry. Yeah, okay. Um And then, you know, you can... Um, I've seen a lot of pictures um, just people just getting t-shirts um, with people that they are doing the Remembrance Walk or run for. Um, I'm Connor. um I have t-shirts... For the Irish Kidney Association, um, so myself, my family members will be, will be all out in our Irish Kidney Association t-shirts just to just to raise uh, awareness around organ donation. Yeah. Um, and organ donation cards can be you know can be requested through the Irish Kidney Association, and they'll send the donor cards out to people, um, whoever was looking for them. But hopefully we'll have something on the day as well.
5: Absolutely. And it is about remembering those who've donated or if you want to remember people in any particular way, Sunday is the day, the, uh, day to do it. And again, it's remembrancerun.ie RemembranceRun.ie. John, wish you well on Sunday. Thank you for joining me again on the show.
3: No bother, Jerry. Take care.
5: Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful John Brennan there from Dundalk uh, reminding me about his heart transplant just over a year ago and this particularly poignant and special run on Sunday. We wish everybody well who's taking part in it. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this Monday afternoon. Uh, Take care in the rain. Mind yourselves out on the roads this evening and do come back and join us tomorrow at 1.30. We leave you in the company of the wonderful Dusty Springfield.
2: Preacher's son. And when his daddy would visit, he'd come along When they gather round and daughter talking Pastor Billy would take me a-walking Out through the backyard we go walking Then he'd look into my eyes Lord knows to my surprise The only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy who could ever teach me Was the son of a preacher man you see what he was Mm-hmm. Yes, he was Being good isn't always easy No matter how hard I try When he started sweet-talking to me he come and tell me everything is all right He'd kiss and tell me everything is all right Can I get away again tonight? The only one who could ever reach me was the son of a man. The only boy who could ever teach me was the son of a man. Yes,
4: he was. He was. the late lunch with Blackstone Motors annual sales event now on one-off price reductions and special APR finance available during this event call in today and save thousands at Blackstone Motors Drada and Dundalk.